wonderful to see um, lovely faces. I think this is the best place to stand. I think you're lucky when you get to see everyone's faces from the front. Um, I'm just getting to do the little five minutes before Stu comes up and shares some stories. And because I'm more responsible for things that happen at the New Zealand end, I wanted to give you an update on um, things since we were here last. I think when we were here last, you didn't yet um, have Jesse as your pastor, and I just want to say what a great choice you made. Um, whenever we get together with Jesse, we always come away feeling refreshed and encouraged, and his principles of Paul, Timothy, Barnabas, and 1, 3, 12 are ones that have stuck in my head too, so I think you're really blessed to be able to um, have him pastoring along with lovely Angie as well. Um, and wonderful worship. I just want to say, as a mum, it's just so cool for me to come here and see second generation of people that I was coming along to the fellowship with way back almost 20 years ago now and see their children just so vibrantly alive for the Lord. It just warms my heart. So, now on to the update of our program. So you might have, if you follow us on Facebook or in our emails, you might have heard that last year we were raising funds over Christmas time for cash cows for a drug rehabilitation centre in Shan State where they have a huge problem with drugs. Um, and thankfully the people who um, support us, and um, that includes some of you wonderful people, helped us to raise the $8,000 we were looking for. That money was sent at the beginning of the year through to the community, which happens to be a, a church that is um, running this outreach. And then the dairy cows were bought with the money, and now um, the people who look after them are being trained by the first cash cows project manager that we started up. Um, probably almost a year ago now. So it's just really exciting to be able to come back and share with you about how things are really um, changing in small ways in small communities and a lot of the people that we're working with are church folk trying to reach out into their Buddhist communities. So I'm going to hand over to, to Stu shortly. Because we're kind of thinking we might need to leave early, I hope he'll excuse me that I might hand out the um, sign-up sheets as Stu's talking so that if you don't get our emails and you'd like to, you're welcome to write your name on those. And if you're also interested in um, supporting our new project that we're looking for funds for, which is called New Hope Seed Banks, which she'll be sharing about in a minute, there's little cards there that you can take home with you. <clears throat> so, change of pace now. Um, it's always fun sitting in the front row, isn't it? Because you can be part of what's happening. You don't need to sit the whole time. So... Two front rows here. Who's a worker? Who's already finished that whole study thing and, yeah, working? Okay, would you mind standing up for me and coming and standing here? Beautiful examples of working peoples. Are you, are you working yet? Oh, it won't hurt. I promise it won't hurt. <laughs> Come and keep me company. <laughs> All right, so I've got good news and bad news for you. Sorry, we have to start with the bad news first. You've all been made redundant. You've all lost your jobs. Now, I know you're kind of thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> I've got bills to pay. 
but it happens surprisingly often in New Zealand and other parts of the world. And so what are we going to do now that you've got no um, jobs? I'm suggesting you go and see this guy who's just down the road and he um, might have some good job options for you to help you um, make some money to pay your bills. So I'll hand it over to him. <coughs> All right, so you guys are, are in a bit of strife really, aren't you? Oh, can we bought that? Okay, this is just my, all right. This is my bad guy hat. Um, who has some land where you live? Do you have a little bit of grass, a little bit of land in by, behind your house? How much have you got? Okay, well, you got plenty. Okay, you'll be all right. How about you guys? Fifty acres. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, the, the real danger of this situation for you, of course, is that you might lose everything. In fact, you probably will if, unless you start getting some income pretty swift. Um, so I've actually I've got this amazing stuff here. It's called corn. Yeah. And this is actually a hybrid. This is a special corn that if you plant it, it will give you a really good product. Um, and I'm actually going to give you this. Uh, today as a, as a team and you can actually use your land uh, however big or small you have it you can actually use this to um, to go and uh, make an income for yourselves because the reality is there's absolutely nothing else that you can do right now how does that sound? Um, I haven't told you the, the terms though uh, this is actually, I'm going to give you this uh, $300 is what it's going to cost you, it'll be enough to plant everything out and it should be enough for you to produce about a ton. Uh, so, um, oh, sorry, actually it's not $300. I'm going to charge you only $150. Yeah. Uh, and you should be able to sell the ton that you get from this. Uh, you should be able to uh, sell that for $300. How does that sound? Who wants to be in charge of this? Put your hand up. Okay, there you go. All right. Sweet. All right. Um, so what I want you to do is just go around behind those chairs there, just go like a little Joshua walk and then come back to the front and we'll, we'll give you your crop. Yep, all of you, see ya, go discuss, do, do a little bit of hoeing and digging and stuff. It's taken a long time though. And would you like to, to give the crop out, Ruth? Okay. Okay, so so technically you're kind of okay. I forgot to say to you that the, the interest rate uh, on, on that $150 is 10% uh, per month. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, so we... But also, what, what have you got there? You've got a ton of grain, right? We have a little problem right now because the only place that we can sell it to is China. And China have said there's no more corn being allowed to be imported legally into their country. Um, I can sell it for you under the table if you pay me 20 bucks. Uh, and then I can sell it to you for $150 about how does that sound? Yes. Yeah. So, so hang on. Let me just hang on, just do my calculation. So, hundred and okay, 
Yeah, so the com compounded interest, 170, so 190. You owe me $40, $45. Um, is that all right? Yeah? Um, and don't forget that you also have to go and um, uh, pay for the rent of your land as well, because I assume you don't own your land. You rented the land? Oh, well, if you if you own land, you're especially lucky. You wouldn't be in this situation, would you? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Shake my hand. We do the deal. Okay, I take the corn. You guys go back in debt. Have a seat. Uh, so, I'm a little high this morning. <laughs> I'm on three different pain medications. I, I actually had a stent put in last week uh, to, to get around some kidney stones. I had a terrible attack when I was in Burma on a bus travelling 12 hours from the north to the south and they dropped me off on the side of the road. Literally, they pushed me out of the bus. I was lying on the pavement. Uh, a, a, a taxi came and picked me up. I vomited all through the taxi, absolutely destroyed it. They got me to a, a local hotel where I could get some hot water on my back. Who's had kidney stones before? Put your hand up if you had kidney stones before. Aren't they a joy? Oh, well, apparently they're, they're worse than having uh, babies. And I've heard this from women who've had babies in comparison. And basically, I feel like I've been in labour for the last three months. Uh, no comments about my stomach, thank you very much. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just so... I'm so determined to give you this message this morning because you have to hear what I've got to say. Uh, I would have come up here on, in an ambulance if I'd had to uh, because the message that I got for you this morning, what we saw during this time in Burma just blew our minds. And I want you to see what you guys are a part of and I want to invite you to be a deeper part of it. Because the stuff that is going on in this world is so unbelievably troubling. And I don't care about my darned kidney stones. Uh, I want to see some freedom happen for some of these people. Yeah. Now, who has daughters? Put your hands up if you have a daughter. What is she worth, friends? How much would you sell her for? Would you? Is there any one of you here who would sell your daughter? Yeah, good Christian people, good Christian people would never do that, would they? When you are faced with the scenario that we just showed you with the corn, you're a farmer. You have absolutely nothing and you are on the absolute bones of your backside. And someone comes and gets you into debt. The next thing that happens is you end up under a bridge. You end up going to a big city and you end up a homeless person on the streets in the mega cities of Asia. Now, if your family was faced with that, I dare say that your daughter might say, you know, Dad, 
I could go and work in the big city. You know what that means. But you kind of don't have a choice. Because you're all out under the bridge homeless, or someone does something about it. And there is no choice. And the debt collector is breathing down your neck with guns and threats to take everything from you. This is reality. It's so hard for us to understand here in New Zealand. But you see, the reality is for many, many, many millions of people, this is real life. And we have found one of the centers of human trafficking in the world, northeastern Myanmar, where this is the hub of where a lot of young people are being trafficked out into China and Thailand and elsewhere in the world. And it's an absolute shock because most people have never heard of this. Okay, I want to pray just for a minute. Lord, thank you. Uh, I don't know if it's the adrenaline, I don't feel the pain, so thank you, Lord. Lord, would you speak to us this morning and invite you in on what you're doing? Bring us in, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if I could have a slide, first slide, please. Leviticus, everybody's favorite passage, right? Favorite book of the Bible. If one of your brothers becomes indigent, I mean, I think, yes, it means in trouble, and cannot support himself, help him, the same as you would a foreigner or a guest, so that he can continue to live in your neighborhood. Don't gouge him with interest charges. Out of, inter- out of reverence for your God, help your brother to continue to live with you in the neighborhood. Don't take advantage of his plight by running up big interest charges on his loans. Don't give him food for profit. In other words, pay him. Interest in New Zealand on your credit card, if you're unlucky, is what, 20-something percent? Uh, so what you witnessed there was over six months a 70% interest rate, a compounding of 10% per month. Uh, In the area that we work in, almost every farmer has to borrow at this rate. And we we ran a very successful project last year, which we called um, Freedom, Freedom Farming Banks, and we bought the seed for some communities that were really, they were on the very cusp. This last, was it last week or the week before? That community has paid back their whole debt to us with a voluntary rate of 24%. They said, we'll choose to pay you 24%. And we said, if you pay 24%, we'll reinvest that into your community. So next year, that community has now said to us, we want to introduce another three villages in on this. Can you help us? Yes. And we've got now six. And that is the situation that we're looking at. Now, this is a little microclimate of what's going on for 8 million people. Could we go to the next slide, please? Uh, if you get our newsletter, and please, if you, if you don't get our newsletter, the, the 
um, sign-up sheets are going around. I'd like you to, to sign up so you can get this stuff. This is actually just a little summary from, from our last newsletter that went out this week. Land grabs and seed banks. You know we were talking about this fantastical idea of importing a machine so that farmers can store their grain longer. Because one of the problems is that once you harvest that corn, uh, if you don't get rid of it within three months, you're toast because it's going to go rotten. And so we were thinking, okay, we need to find a way to help farmers to store the grain uh, because the big steel silos that they would normally have, they're way too expensive. And so we decided, okay, let's try and import one of these things. How on earth do we get a machine like the Blue Monster on the right into Burma? We got it made in Sweden, we got it adapted for the Myanmar situation, and it's up and running. If you could go to the next slide. Uh, it's up and running in Shan State, right in the centre of where all this is happening, a place called Namlan. We were in there, you see Brian Patchett uh, over there in the far distance uh, next to the truck. Brian Patchett from Upper Hutt, he's our accountant. He's 70-something years old, deaf as a post, uh, which makes for a great bedmate when we're sharing a room because he doesn't hear me snoring. Uh, and he's over there and he's a part of this thing and we've brought this machine in and we're trialling it right now. So, see, normally we would use the machine with a giant tractor, but we've actually designed it so it can just be filled from the back of a truck. Uh, and that's going in there. What this means is that farmers will now, if they are a part of this, get their full $300. So instead of being ripped off at harvest time, they can hold on to the grain for another six months. Uh, and so uh, the, the thing that happened to me was... Actually, next slide, please. That's, that's it in operation. Uh, this, these bags are actually 75 metres long, will store 200 tonnes. That's just 50 tonnes there. Uh, and already they are starting to, uh, they're starting to think about how they can automate the process, make it a bit better, make it more available for more people. So the big drying company that we're working with, uh, next slide please. Oh, this is them actually cutting the bag. You can make the bag shorter or longer. Who remembers me talking about this last time? Yeah, it's reality now. Uh, and this is, this is a business that started up. Uh, and the next slide, please. Uh, so they had this thing where they were just filling the bags up one by one from this drying machine. There's a big oven to the right. And they were just filling them up. It's seven and a half thousand tonnes a day goes in 50 kilo bags to the Chinese border in trucks. And basically, they're looking at our machine and they're going, we can fill this up a heck of a lot quicker. So they get a big water pipe there and they shove it on the top. They make a few alterations, use a few rivets and a couple of ropes. And next thing, that thing's filling up a truck. Uh, and so they're starting to be innovative with it. Next slide. Um, actually, could we go to the next slide? For me, when I'm standing there and we are introducing this piece of technology, which seems like a blue monster, and the guy next to me looks at me and says, this 
changes everything. I realise that we have been a part of bringing some hope, the kingdom of God, into one of the darkest places. And I would have to say that for me, if you would go back to the previous slide, that this has been my driving passage for the last 20 or 30 years of my life as a missional believer. Many thanks to you, Bruce and Adrian, for your input in those early years. This is the kind of religion that I'm after to break the chains of injustice, to rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, and cancel debts. Guys, with a simple business idea and an $80,000 loan from some people in Plymouthton, we have bought something to the darkest part of the world, and they said, this changes everything. This year, uh, by September, we will have collected weekly data on how this thing's working. Because we didn't want to just give it to people and say, hey, use it, just in case something was wrong. So we really wanted to be careful with it. We're collecting weekly data. And then come September, we've got enough to store 14,000 tonnes. And that's going to change the lives of around 14,000 farmers. Because each farmer produces about 1,000 each. What kind of people are these? Well, I preached uh, one Sunday six weeks ago. I've got a little video of the thing here. Sunday school in the church. They're doing a little dance for Sunday school. That church is a Baptist church. It was planted 20 years ago by David La, who's the director of development for the Shwaley Baptist Convention and is the head of our drug rehabilitation program. And he tricked me. Because afterwards he said, hey, you really need to talk to people in this village. So we sat down and for an hour we began to talk with people. Hey, what's going on? What are your problems? We dug a little deeper and a little deeper. I'm talking to the elder. I'm talking to a deacon. Every person in these three villages converted from Buddhism to Christianity. And every girl over the age of 16 trafficked. Gone. And the elder looks at me, he goes, 10 years ago, my daughter went away and I've never seen her. I don't know if she's dead or alive. Guys, not brown, unusual people over there. These are believers. New believers, how desperate do you have to be to sell your daughter? The reason that none of you 
would even think about it is because you all have an option. The worst case scenario is the doll. Or some are, but for these people, the worst case scenario is unbearable to think about. And the children are self-sacrificing. The children actually willingly go to this. They know what's going to happen. Or maybe they suspect it. At least 50% of those are sold as brides to China because they had the one-child policy. Remember that? They still have it. So they kill off all the girls and keep the boys. And there's not enough women for the men to marry. So they come and they just buy a girl from the nearest local place. And they're pretty. These are Shan girls. These are, these are the cousins of the Thais, the very elegant. And so I'm sitting there on the stage having just preached. And they get up and they do the Sunday school dance. They've just been out to do it. And three of the girls are around 14 years old. And it dawned on me afterwards that every one of those three girls within a couple of years is going to be being abused long-term in some way. If we could go up to that next, that previous slide, that one there, yeah, that's the one I want. Guys, this is the kind of religion that God wants Boy, I loved your worship this morning. It's the best worship I've had for a long time. It was really refreshing. Thank you so much. God does want deeper than that. He wants us to be a part of changing the systems which get these kids into this trouble, that get these community into this trouble. And it's only a little way across the water. 12 hours you're there. Brian Patchett, 75, his wife's just died of Alzheimer's. He's there with me. Uh, it's not far. And it's not that much of a sacrifice for us to, make, uh, to, to be a part of it. Well, this is just, it's just a reality. Um, what, actually, uh, what I realise is missing, Ruth, is that I had a little bit of light relief in the middle of this because it's quite heavy. And we bought a popcorn machine. And we, we were going to pop popcorn at the front. So if you can just imagine that. Um, pop, 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 pop. We, we did it up our hot baps last week. Um, it's a heavy topic, eh? Uh, we now have six uh, projects. We're looking at another, uh, another two coming up very soon. And each one of these programs is focused on trying to help people to help themselves. Trying to get the communities to be uh, self-sufficient from the get-go. You know, we've been a part of a relief and development organisation for so many years, and generally the default for most groups is to run to relief. And what we actually do is we disempower people. We take the ability for them to help themselves away. Uh, when I stood there with that big blue monster, a silo-bagging machine, and that guy said to me, this changes everything, I felt like that was reward for 20 years of work. 
Really, I did. Now, is it about Jesus? You bet your bottom dollar it is. But you can see that religion on its own, it's not enough. The people of God actually have to challenge the forces that are causing this problem or our own people get caught up in the middle of it. It's not the poor brown people over there. They are real people with real names. They are real friends. They are, the pastor's name is David. David La. He's desperate. He's the head of development in Shanstar. He's got no resources, and we're one of the first groups to come alongside him. You see, we're so isolated out here. Why? Because people just don't know about this stuff. We're interested in only what comes through the news. You know, we get this stuff about Syria, and it's terrible what's going on. But we, you know, we get one view most of the time from whoever is the filter at the top or whoever are the filters at the top. The reality is uh, this stuff's going on in Burma and it's actually going on a lot wider afield. And we have a dream to see what uh, this idea, we have a dream to see this idea of self-sufficient breaking of injustice in communities across Asia. Now, what that means for us is that uh, you probably know we're a little bit of a one-man band. Uh, we, we're really good at starting things, uh, but I don't know how God wants this thing to go off into the future because once you start putting us into a management role where we're doing the same thing day after day, we start getting really tired. And so the thing grows and then will fade off. What's got to happen is we've got to have people start to join in the dream and be a part of it with us and go, okay, we're going to push. We're going to push. I'm a manager. I would like to be a part of doing that. I'd like to let Stu be over there uh, breaking the new ground so that he doesn't have to do the the mundane. They look at uh, people like Brian Patchett and they go, you know, he's 75. Who knows when he'll pass away? He wouldn't mind me saying this. He's one of my best friends. And they go, I'm an accountant. I'd like to get next in line for that. Uh, There are so many things that we could do if we only had people who were willing and interested. Uh, I know Anj is somebody that I've talked to. Anj, I haven't forgotten you about uh, your your veterinary skills. Uh, We now have two dairy projects. And I've got a guy in Northland who's actually looking at, uh, at coming and taking over the management of those programs. And once that happens, we can start to put some other stuff and include you into it. He, unfortunately, the guy was really selfish. He went and got married. <laughs> it slowed him down. No. His, his wife died and then, and then he fell in love again fairly quickly afterwards and uh, got married. And, but in between those two times he came to me and said, I really want to be involved in dairy in Myanmar. He's another retired guy. Um, all right, how do I finish this off? I'm not sure. Uh, Jesse, I think you're the best person to come and finish this off because you've got the, the flavour and you know what's best for people to to take away with them. Um, I don't know whether I should go to A&E or not. Uh, 
because I'm not actually feeling any pain right now. So, uh, yeah. Just in case there's any other questions. Now, Ruth, you had mentioned that you were wanting to talk about maybe another opportunity for giving to something. Were you guys wanting to talk about that today before we move on to anything else? Or is that a good reminder? Yeah, thank you. you yeah, thank you very much. That's the, that's the tremadol. <laughs> um, remember how uh, at the beginning there we had the little bag of seeds? It, that's $150 for, for the startup. If we can give that to people at a much cheaper rate than the 10% interest per month, we actually start them off on the right track. Then they can actually afford to store their grain the next stage. And then we're looking at another part of the supply chain where we, we actually want to become the buyer. So I'm in the process of putting together a request to the Asia Development Bank to be able to buy tons and tons of this stuff. Uh, to do that, we actually need investment capital. So we need uh, we we need money to actually buy the seed. And so we we were doing this thing called Freedom Farming Banks, and we have renamed it now to New Hope Seed Banks. And basically, what we're going to do is for anybody in this area, until we run out, uh, we're going to be providing seed for them to plant their their land this next year. So we've got. About twelve or fifteen thousand dollars, I think, already, something like that, and uh, we, we're just going to leave this program uh, open long term. Basically, if you hop on our website or you you just want to make a donation, and you say it's for seed banks, we'll know exactly what it's going to go to, and you'll see you've seen the process how it works. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to start. We're going to have a, an actual warehouse in Northern Shan State where people can come and say, I need this much corn and this much fertiliser and our team will be there to give it to them. Uh, we're not going to take their, their land ownership papers as, um, it, uh, what do you call it? Collateral, yeah. We're not going to force them because basically we're going to be offering a, a much cheaper rate than anyone anyway. So if they don't come and pay us back in for next year, well, they're a bit silly. So uh, what that means for our team on the ground is that they are going to get hammered. There's going to be some people who don't like this because there are some people getting really, really rich out of this whole usury system. Uh, I was in a... Oh, sorry, to, uh, just, I'll shut up in a second. I was in a, um, in a hotel in, in uh, Yangon. Someone said, I'll come to this hotel and stay there. So I stayed at that hotel. And in front of the hotel, in a glass cage, is a Rolls-Royce Silver Ghost. Those things, how much are they worth? Millions. I don't know. A million? Two million? If you have enough to have a Rolls-Royce Silver Ghost in a glass cage in front of the hotel you own, you're getting a lot of money. Well, that's one of the Burmese rich people at the top of it. And those are the sort of people who are going to end up coming for us, coming against us. Uh, we fight not against flesh, and blood, but against principalities and powers. And Satan is behind all of this, make absolutely no doubt of it.